Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. I am so excited to have a very special guest today. Lindsay Hockle from Speechy Things is here today to talk all about the dreaded R sound. Okay, Lindsay is a pediatric SLP working in a private clinic in Texas. She's also the creator of Speechy Things, where she enjoys supporting other SLPs by providing creative therapy ideas and scaffolded speech, language, and feeding resources. Lindsay is also a wife, a taco enthusiast, and an Olympic shopper. And that is what makes me love her even more. When I met Lindsay in person almost a year ago at the Teachers Pay Teachers Conference in, where were we? (laughs) Like we immediately connected because of just the playful personality laid back, wants to have fun. And I knew that she'd be a perfect person to bring on here today to talk all about the R sound. So welcome, Lindsay. Thank you. I've been so excited to catch back up with you. Yes. Yes. So tell everyone a little bit, what made you feel so comfortable with working with the R sound Tell us a little bit about your journey into our comfortness. (laughs) (laughs) The journey, yes. Well, I mean, if I have ever said that I am always comfortable treating R, then I'm going to retract that right now because, (laughs) I mean, it's a beast. It's a beast of a sound, but I mean, I'll never forget my first R kid that I ever had. It was actually the first patient that I ever had as a clinical fellow. And they ended up, I don't even remember why they left the clinic. I don't think they just ghosted me or anything, but 
I never got his R and I like swore then and there, that's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> and I'm sure like in a private clinic setting, you probably get a lot of articulation cases, yeah. probably more than the school setting. And I, you know, for everyone listening, me working with the older students, by the time they come to me, the only sound that's really still lagging on is that R sound. Like the previous speech therapist like cured the rest of them, but they left me the dreaded R. I know. And you don't give up on them though, right? No, no, I don't give up, but I always- Never give up. I never give up, but I'm always, that's that one area that I don't always feel comfortable in. And it's because of the not as many success stories. Right. And every case is so different also. You know what? Another one popped in my head that, because I feel like this, I don't know, I don't hear people talk about this very much, but have you ever had a kid who was getting it and you were making good progress and then all of a sudden it stopped? Oh, yeah. they regressed. Mm-hmm. All so the time. whenever that happens, because it's happened for me twice now out of all my kids. So it doesn't happen often, but I actually had to like, I don't know, for those therapists who do feeding, I don't know. I feel like R and feeding kind of has some similarities, maybe even fluency. Like there's some amount of counseling that you have to do. And there's some mental, at least for feeding, there's usually like some kind of like psychological component to it. And so for these our kids that I've had regress, it turns out that someone in their family made a comment or for some reason they decided that their new way of saying R sounded funny and they were embarrassed or they got in their own heads. And I don't know, I just wanted to throw that out there too because that is another huge setback that I've had actually not that long ago that was devastating because I was so excited with our progress and then it was gone. And what did you do in that situation? What did you tell this client of yours that you realized that there was a setback that someone must have said something or they got in their heads. What did you say to them? So it was actually, it took a couple of weeks to figure out because I mean, it just did not make sense what was happening. So I just, I don't know. I just kept asking questions until I kind of figured it out. And again, it was a little bit like, I mean, I don't know the, you know, some of these kids, especially older kids, they know what's going on and they know it's different and they know it's hard and that's sensitive. And, you know, I mean, I'm more aware. Yeah. Which is good, but also horrible. And did everyone pick up on that, that it took her several weeks, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be like, you're not curing everyone in like one session. It's therapy, man. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, it's an annual goal or they're, yeah. <laughs> they're signed up for the year or it, if they were planning on being cured after one time, you wouldn't be having full caseload. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's like, I mean, we have no way of knowing almost nothing that we do takes one no. session. <laughs> no, no. So it's okay if you don't have that success that you were hoping to have that very first session when they walk through the door or teletherapy or whatever they're doing right now. <laughs> Once they sit on that couch or <laughs> <laughs> with our masks on. Um. <laughs> so tell now that you said, you know, some situations that weren't so successful, what about share a success story? Let's think positively now. Let's think roses and butterflies and unicorns. Uh, all those things. I love all those things. I mean, really success stories. I've only got two students ever that I wasn't able to get an R. Wow. I mean, that's an amazing, uh, odd. Thank you. And <laughs> I, I'm a little proud of it. <laughs> that's why I'm interviewing you on the R. You're not interviewing me on the R. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I don't know. I can't even think of, I just, whenever you finally get it and seeing how proud they are, Mm -hmm. I mean, with no matter what the kid is, no matter what, who the kid is or what the goal is, that's always, Mm -hmm. you know, so exciting. I had that one student that I'll always remember. I got him to finally say the R sound. It was using the, uh, the dental floss technique to get in the tongue back. And it finally worked and he finally got it. And I think I scared the kid out. Like I jumped out of my seat. I ran into the hallway, wanted to like tell someone. And then I realized like, no one cares. <laughs> I'm in a hallway, like by myself, like in a closet. Like, oh my, I was like oh my goodness. I was like, who could, I like knocked on like a random door and someone was like busy teaching. I'm like, I got to tell you this. No one really cares. <laughs> it was so exciting though. And, the, and like, I wanted to show the kid how amazing yeah. it was. Yeah. I also have big reactions and I have scared many children <laughs> from my, ah, you got it. So it is okay to scare children sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know. So I know in the school it would be so different, but in a clinic, like, with some of my art kids, I just like run around trying to find another speech therapist who's free. I'm like, listen to this. Does this sound like an art to you? I can't tell. And the poor kid is like, oh. <laughs> well, I just go ask anyone like who will listen. Yeah. Anyone who's in the hallway, like a custodian, anyone. Yeah. It's fine. It, but like it plays mind games, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes you think it's an R and maybe it is, maybe it's not. Maybe you are a speech therapist. Maybe you're a turtle. I don't know. Like messes with your head, man. So now what everyone's dying to know, what are some super sonic tricks? What are some tricks you have up your sleeve that people can try out tomorrow or whenever? Well, the first thing that I like to talk about always when I'm discussing R, which is frequently, is bunched versus retroflex. Don't get too comfortable with one or the other because every kid is so different. So my first kiddo ever that I couldn't quite get R, I wish I could go back and try retroflex with it because I just wonder if it would have worked because I say my R bunched. So that's what I tend to want to teach, but really I find so much more success with retroflex. Hmm. So how do you teach them differently? So for retroflex specifically, and this is what I have. So I have a resource called teaching R and this is kind of part of what I have outlined in it, but I like to start with AR Mm-hmm. And I do it in three steps. And so it's saying ah with a big mouth. Step two, curl your tongue. Step three, close your jaw a little bit. Ah. I bet everyone's doing it right now as they're listening, right? <laughs> do it. Do it. And uh, I or... I've found more kids than not that's clicked for. But it, otherwise, I'm just constantly trying to change up my cues, like verbal cues, tactile cues, visual cues. I mean, I will try anything Mm -hmm. and I'll try it more than once. So just get creative and never stop mixing it up to, until you figure out what works for that kid. Cause they're all so different. That's so huge that just because you've got had success with one technique with one student doesn't mean that's becoming your like go-to technique for the rest of your career. I keep a list so I can like, you know, I mean, cause I, there's all these great ideas out there. I just keep them written down so that I, don't forget to like, oh yeah, I haven't tried that one. What are your ways other than like, you know, TPT resources and things like that, making it more fun versus just like, let's just say R. Like how do you incorporate some fun and activities? What are some things that like people might have already in their disposal that they can use? So one thing I'll do 
I am definitely guilty of depending on the student, especially since they're older. And I never feel like our 30 minute session is enough. I like, I mean, I work them pretty hard. (laughs) So I'm not the best person to ask about making it fun for our kids, I feel like, (laughs) but. But okay, so then how do you motivate that student like in that 30 minutes to work so hard? Let's change it up. No, I, I think that I am really good at building rapport and I get to know the kid and I know what, I know the things they are good at. And so I try to incorporate that. So for some of them, they're so creative and they're great artists. So maybe we'll like some of my kids I've done where we come up with a story and I just help them make sure it's R loaded. Now we may not be practicing all those words cause it's too hard, but you know, then their homework is to take it home and illustrate it and practice those words. Or maybe we'll talk about one of their favorite movies or whatever it is. Cause I'm always trying to mix in phonemic awareness too. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing you can do because, you know, we all know it can take weeks, months, years to get an R sound. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to have them think about words that are important to them and point out where the R's are there. So even if we're not ready for that word, we can still incorporate it. So true. So, so true. Especially like, so how many times have teachers have come to us saying like, they're, it's impacting their reading and impacting their writing. And it's like, well, there are some things we can do to support that. Absolutely. Or to determine if that really is, you know, the case or not. <laughs> right. And I, I need to rope in Meredith Harold. Maybe she can advise me on doing research on this, but like, <laughs> I would think that's going to help us once we're ready for generalization to, by the way, that's the informed SLP goddess. The go-to <laughs> for anything cliff notes uh, <laughs> or I'm ethics so, or anything. I'm a, a fangirl for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah but uh, I got all flustered. I just love them so much. Where was I? <laughs> I don't hear it now. <laughs> okay, so, oh, we're talking okay. about phonemic awareness and like yes. reading speech yes. connection. Now, I'm assuming, <laughs> I don't have data on this. I think this makes sense though. If I'm working on that throughout our therapy, then generalization, we've already got a couple of hurdles that we've crossed. So, you know, I mean, because there's really almost none of my, our tick kids don't have at least a little bit of phonology, mm-hmm. you know? So it's so true. So, so true. Do you have any favorite like storybooks or games that you like to pull out when you're working on your, there are kids? I feel like I'm changing things all the time. So no. And that's okay. <laughs> and I do a lot of letting the kid pick. Honestly, that's a little bit easier for me, maybe since I'm one-on-one, mm-hmm. I don't have groups, you know, but yeah, I kind of just like, Hey, what do you want to do today? Most kids, and especially with their R, like I don't have that many behavior mm-hmm. issues going on with our kids, but it's because they're there, they're motivated. There's no one even knowing that they're there. Yeah. Mom's okay. sitting in the waiting room, like, you know, going to take them for ice cream on the way home. So right, right, right. So, <laughs> yeah. I pretty much, I did. And I, and it, then it makes it so much more functional, functional and meaningful for them. You know, it's mm-hmm. something they're interested in. And I just try to squeeze out whatever R I can. So, so true. And for those of you in the school like me, where we're often have that R kid in the mix of the language kid, don't be afraid to, you know, play the picture with the story game and make sure that student with the R sound is bombarded with R and everyone else has, you know, basically open-ended or a different sound that they're working on. There's so many different ways that you can take an activity and just Mm -hmm. tailor it to that R. But don't be afraid sometimes. Like I've kept kids after or had them come early. I pull them, like I've done different things. Like if you're, 
don't want to work, have them working on that sound in isolation, like in the group. And if they're embarrassed, don't be afraid of being creative in different ways that you can pull them individually without needing an individual session. You know, if you're thinking of mixed groups, then something I do with kids a lot that I think could work in that situation would be, you know, I'll give them a sentence or I'll have them read or I'll read a sentence or, you know, whatever language activity you're doing, (laughs) how many R's were in that? And you'd be shocked how hard that is for so many Mm -hmm. of them. But I mean, and I, I made a resource based on that too, but you don't have to have anything fancy. You just use what you have. Like Mm -hmm. how many R's were in it? And then we go back through, think through it, count them, practice those words and move on. Exactly. I've given a kid um, like a highlighter. You highlight your sounds while the other student's reading or um, I've used, um, was it highlighter tape? This way, if you're using like a storybook, so this way it doesn't ruin like, or a textbook. Mm-hmm. Think of other ways you can make it academic or whatever. Like if your student might be reading in class, like mm-hmm. they're going to, you want to help them practice like maybe what they're going to be reading in the vocabulary words. And yes. there's different ways that you can help support and build that confidence in the school setting. So to think mm-hmm. outside the box a little bit. Yeah. Picking even like their name. How many R kids have you had that have an R in their name? Or mm-hmm. their friend's name, their teacher's name. I mean- if There's celebrities so or uh, yeah. soccer players or Fortnite vocabulary terms. Oh, gosh. Dinosaurs. Uh. <laughs> the R's and dinosaurs. It's crazy. <laughs> dinosaurs. Fortnite, Minecraft. I mean, yeah. they can't even play any of these games if you know, they can't say Absolutely. these sounds. So think about what is important to those students. And it doesn't have to be an elaborate lesson. It could, you can play hangman with those words, play tic-tac-toe with those words, play unscramble with those words. You get them talking about their favorite video game and they are happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I found a YouTube video of someone playing like Minecraft and I had a kid tell, like, you tell me what happened. Like, was this a good video? I mean, I had a preview to make sure it was like appropriate and no one was like cursing on the screen. But there's so many gamers with like recorded video games. So so many things out there where you don't have to always reinvent the wheel. You don't have to sit there for hours writing word lists. It's a matter of thinking about what is important in their lives and what would they be interested in and maybe having them write the word list. I always have them do it. Yes. So absolutely. So any other tips and tricks that you feel like you've learned over the years that has made an impact for your R kids? So many. Yeah. So let's, I, two come to mind to okay. like, wrap you know a little cherry on top for you yes so one would be for I don't know if anyone's heard of just like special words that seem to help elicit R one would be Carla I haven't had any luck with that but I do eerie almost like Lake Erie right Mm -hmm. and the idea is I'll have them in front of a mirror sometimes I'll even tape together some popsicle sticks stick them between their teeth to stabilize their jaw so they can't cheat can't cheat. And in the mirror, they can see their little lips aren't making a W. And that way, if they're going to make it sound different between the E and the R, they have to move their tongue. Hmm. And that has been a big help. I bet you guys are all doing it too, because I'm so sitting here doing it. Do it. And I'm trying to hold my cheeks open too. <laughs> yeah. And then the and it's other- all about it's all about making them aware of the movement of the tongue, so they're right. more aware of it. Yes, and so many of them can't even feel like if I ask them to flip their tongue back, or if I, you know, whether I'm asking them to flip their tongue back for retroflex or pull it back for a bunch, they have no idea what it's doing. So I always have a mirror with me mm-hmm. when we're doing any kind of 
our work and just understanding theory of motor learning, motor learning theory, <laughs> rather, then you know how important it is to give them that knowledge of performance and just always give them feedback on what's working, what's not, what's working, what's not. This, this looked good, this sounded off, you know, I mean, increasing that awareness is so important for them. Have you had any cases where they just didn't, they weren't aware, no matter what you tried? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what'd you do? <laughs> Other than cry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> cry in your car. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I went, I went there. I went there. <laughs> Sorry, I went there. No, you're good. That's why I love you. <laughs> so, oh, man, if they just weren't, again, there's only been the two that just weren't getting it. And it just, it was because I just didn't find their thing mm-hmm. yet. Because you know? mm-hmm. I had a student who I had to take a step back and, and do more auditory bombardment with her mm-hmm. and having her hear it on me because she was not hearing it on herself whatsoever. Yeah. Even, okay, yes. Let's, let's take it way back. Yeah. Absolutely. Make sure that they can hear the difference and do some like self-reading. I'll even, I'm doing like, like the minimal pairs, like wet and yeah, you know, uh, wag and rag, like using the pictures and if they can't hear the difference in you, there's no way they're going to hear it in themselves. And that is huge. I like, yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. Let's go. So let's start, start there, guys. So to yes. regroup and re-review, since we've shared a lot of ideas and terminology here today, start, <laughs> you want to make sure you have that rapport, make yeah. sure they're feeling comfortable. Don't be afraid to have that counseling piece involved. Yeah. Make sure they are hearing the difference on them, on you and then on themselves and making them totally aware of the muscle movement and yeah. changes. And not all R is alike. You have the bunch in the retroflex and you got to treat them you differently. You, so you have to figure out what are they doing wrong? And then that will help you determine a plan of action. Absolutely. And also don't forget, it's not going to always take one session. It might take several sessions just for the counseling piece. It might take several sessions for might take a year for the auditory bombardment piece, but they're getting something out of it. Don't feel like it's a waste of time that every step of the way is beneficial and is, you are making a difference. And it doesn't have to be an elaborate lesson and activity. Like Lindsay said, she just drill with them for 30 minutes, keep them motivated because she knows that she can get something out of them if she just keeps working. Just you can. Take any game, take any conversation, take a piece of paper and a pencil or a crayon or dry erase marker, and you can make it fun and exciting and motivating. Don't forget about your goal in mind is to get them to you say that, that are You can do it. I can do it. Mm-hmm. Just be silly. Mm-hmm. Be silly with them. And it's okay to run out in the hallway and scream your head off when they finally say it. It's Highly okay. Encouraged. It's encouraged. <laughs> If, and, it, and it's also okay if you need to go pull a random adult out of the hallway and say, did you hear it? Because I'm not sure if I'm hearing things. Yeah. <laughs> That's a part of carryover, letting them say to different speakers, <laughs> different listeners, right? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, any carryover tips and tricks before mm-hmm. I let you go? I mean, I have activities that come to mind. Aside from just the general tip of really focusing, and sometimes I'll even... um you know, give them points either for a correct R or for self-correction. Mm-hmm. They get equal points for that, but then a tick mark against if it's incorrect and they don't fix it, you know, just like something to kind of motivate them to turn on their ears and really self- listen to themselves. The self-reflection and the self- Absolutely, self-awareness. And then they'll, you know, they can work toward something, whether it's a game or a video or whatever. 
but like in terms of activities I like to do for generalization, one of my favorites is the Guinness Kids website, Guinness Book of World Records website. Cause it like the pictures on there are, well, one, you know, it's kid friendly, which helps yeah. Guinness gets kind of weird, but the pictures are so interesting. So it's easy to talk about them and it's easy to get like, ah, oh, grossed out and, and better yet, they get kind of excited. So it makes it harder for them to slow down and think about their arm. I am loving this. I'm so checking out this website and seeing how other ways I can use it with my students, right? Talk about mixed groups, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lindsay. My mind is like fully blown. I'm getting, feeling more confident for my R kids that I'm going to forever have because that's just the life of an SLP. Yeah. Do you have, if, if you don't have one in mind, do you have a favorite joke? I do. Let's hear it. I'm not proud of it, but here it comes. It's fine. Because <laughs> everyone knows I always end my episodes with a joke of the week. Yeah. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Smell mop. Smell mop who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud of it, okay? See, I was going to go with, have you seen the latest pirate movie? No. It's rated R. Oh, that would have been appropriate. <laughs> but you know what, though? The poo one and knock, knock, it's, it's fine. You know what? When we work with kids, that is our mindset. And with everything going on right now, that's pretty much the brain power that, you know, we there got. You go. That's exactly right. And that's just where <laughs> I'm at right now. <laughs> so, Lindsay, where can everyone learn more about you, learn more about R, tell us where to can people find more about you? you guys come hit me up on speechy things. I'm on Instagram entirely too much, but I love hearing from basically anyone who's interested in speech therapy, but especially SLPs. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Find me uh, speechy things on Instagram or, I mean, I have a website of the same name. I have a teacher's pay teacher store with the same name, but yeah, I would love to hear from people. I talk yeah. about R more than you probably want me to, but it's, it's all good. <laughs> and Lindsay has tons of our resources on Teachers Pay Teachers. Highly recommend go checking those out. She has fun games and activities and reference materials um, that can help you execute any R lesson with ease. And thank you so, so much for coming on here and sharing your wisdom with all of us and making us just feel so much more comfortable with the dreaded R. Oh, so, man. It's my pleasure. So until next week, guys, stay out of trouble. Are you looking for quick therapy ideas that will help your students and keep them motivated and engaged? Don't forget to check out my Teachers Pay Teachers store at shopspeechtimefun.com. I have everything you need for older speech students, mixed groups, and more. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at www.speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you are there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys. <laughs>